0: Welcome back, Blue Shirts fans, to episode number 220 of the Locked On New York Rangers Podcast. I'm your host, John Chick. Today's episode of Locked On Rangers is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. Go to BiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON and you will get 20% off of your next order we got a lot to get into today. Alexi Lafreniere signs his entry-level contract with the Rangers. Uh, We're going to talk about that, obviously. We're also going to be talking about two former Rangers who are just that. They are now former Rangers, as Greg McKaig and Vinny Letary each sign elsewhere. We will talk about each one of them a little bit. We will also discuss the Rangers' final two draft picks of 2020, get to know each of those two players a little bit. But we got to start with Alexi Lafreniere. As I just mentioned, he has signed his entry-level contract with the New York Rangers, just turned 19 years old. The entry-level contract is a three-year deal. He receives the entry-level maximum with... Full performance bonuses. It's pretty standard stuff. Uh, This is very much in line with previous number one overall draft picks for the NHL. Uh, The deal is worth nine hundred and twenty-five thousand dollars annually. He's going to wear number thirteen with the Rangers after wearing number eleven in the QMJHL. Uh, Some guy named Mark Messier used to wear number eleven. You guys have probably heard of him, and so that number is obviously retired. So uh, Lafreniere going to go with number thirteen instead. And we've talked about how Lafreniere, you know, basically just lit up the QMJHL, but a few more stats for even more context about how well he did there. Uh, His 2.15 points per game this past season was... The most in the league since Connor McDavid averaged two and a half points exactly in 2014-2015. Things seem to be working out just fine for Connor McDavid in the NHL. I know the uh, Edmonton Oilers haven't exactly had a ton of playoff experience, but obviously Connor McDavid emerging as one of the absolute elite players in this league. Lafreniere is also just the second player to win the Canadian Hockey League Player of the Year award twice. The other somebody else you guys might have heard of: Sidney Crosby and. I've said this before, but I think it bears repeating. I think Lafreniere skips the AHL entirely. There's even some precedence here with the Rangers with Capo Caco because, of course, they took Caco number two overall last season, and he did not play at all in the AHL. He was on the Rangers opening night lineup uh, when the puck dropped last season, and I'm not sure what the point of having Lafreniere play five or ten games in the AHL would be unless you, as the Rangers, just want to see him dominate and then call him up after that. It could be a way to get his confidence sky high, but really, I don't think he's a player that lacks confidence, and I have a hard time believing that he would not immediately make the Rangers better by being on their opening night roster. It's really just as simple as that, and here's something else to consider. I still have the Rangers as sort of a fringe playoff team next season. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm very excited about them. I'm still excited about the general direction that this franchise is going, and I do think they'll end up making the playoffs, but I don't want to waste any time with Lafreniere in the minor leagues to start next season because, again, he simply makes the Rangers a better team, and... If the Rangers are indeed, you know, one of the last couple of teams into the playoffs, then it could come down to the wire. It could come down to the last two or three games, maybe even the final game of the regular season. And I don't want the Rangers to miss out on the playoffs by a point or two because they were messing around and had Alexi Lafreniere in the minor leagues to start the season. You know, I want the Rangers to put the best possible team on the ice on opening night this upcoming season, and I think that includes Alexi Lafreniere. The other news as it pertains to Lafreniere is that the Rangers will not be loaning him to the QMJHL. The QMJHL is aiming to start on October the 2nd, and the Rangers are looking to have Lafreniere in the fold by early November to begin getting ready for training camp. And I'm totally on board with the Rangers not loaning Lafreniere to the QMJHL because really, what would be the point? What else is there for Lafreniere to accomplish in the QMJHL? Basically nothing, and if you're the Rangers, I see no reason to take a chance on Lafreniere either getting injured or just having general wear and tear add up before his first season with the Rangers. Now, it is still possible that Lafreniere could compete in the World Junior Championships. I'm a little bit skeptical here as well because they're slated for December 26th and the NHL regular season is looking to get going on January 1st, but obviously all those things are very fluid. It's possible that the NHL season could be pushed back even further than January 1st. We'll just have to wait and see there, but if there's time between the World Junior Championships and the start of the NHL season, then it's at least possible that Lafreniere would compete in that tournament, and I think that would be okay because with the World Juniors It's a very exciting tournament, and you're only going to play so many games. Obviously, Alexi Lafreniere, he was part of Team Canada last season and only ended up playing in five games, but he had 10 points, four goals, and six assists in those five games. So he absolutely just lit it up out there in a high-stakes competition. And, you know, I do think it's a big deal for a lot of these players to be able to represent their country in the World Juniors if given the opportunity. And if there's a situation where Lafreniere really wants to do that, then I think it makes sense to oblige him if you're the Rangers because why try to step in the way of that? You know, you want to start building a strong relationship to somebody that you just took number one overall in the draft. And plus, you know, the competition is very good in the World Juniors, and I think Lafreniere playing in that tournament yet again this year Uh, If it's possible, you know, based on when the World Juniors happen and when the NHL season starts, if there's a little bit of a window there and he can play in the World Juniors, then that could be a good thing because, again, the competition is very high and it could be just kind of a nice bridge going from, you know, a high-level tournament to the NHL. And it could be a great way to get him prepared to make his Ranger debut uh, first competing in a few of those World Junior tournament games. Today's episode of Locked on New York Rangers is sponsored by Ryan Holiday Book. From the best-selling authors of The Daily Stoic comes the ultimate stoicism guide to success, resilience, and virtue. To accept what you cannot control and adapt to what you can. Sports teams across the country are applying this popular philosophy by using stoicism's key idea, you control how you respond and play. You don't control what the refs and fans do or how the ball bounces. It's about what you did to adapt. Lives of the Stoics, the art of living from Zeno to Marcus Aurelius' is available now wherever books are sold. Today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by Roman. Talking about ED isn't easy. Usually we just brush it off or blame ourselves, saying things like, I lost my bojo, or we avoid it altogether with excuses like, I had a long day at work. But with Roman, it is easy to talk about it. With a real healthcare professional who can prescribe real medication. It's simple, safe, and totally discreet. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your home. If medication is appropriate, Roman will ship it to you with free two-day shipping. Getting started is simple. Just go to GetRoman.com slash XXX and complete an online visit. ED used to be tough to tackle, but now there's Roman. Complete an online visit today to connect with a healthcare professional and take care of it. Go to getroman.com slash locked on today. If approved, you'll get $15 off your first order of ED treatment. That's getroman.com slash locked on NHL. Getroman.com slash locked on NHL. The Rangers have also announced that Philip DiGiuseppe will be returning to the team next year. He signs a one-year, $700,000 deal to remain with the Rangers. It is a two-way contract. This will be DiGiuseppe's second year in the Ranger organization, and as far as how he fits into the team next year, he's someone who I would imagine would probably have to make the Rangers out of training camp. I don't think they're going to just hand a roster spot to Philip DiGiuseppe. I know that he played a good deal with the Rangers last year. And just to kind of take it from the top here with D. Giuseppe as far as, you know, his career progression and where else he's played and everything like that, how much NHL experience he has under his belt. We'll start with the the beginning here for D. Giuseppe. He was drafted by the Carolina Hurricanes in the second round of the 2012 NHL draft, going number 38 overall. But at this point, he's really just a role player. I think it's probably fair to say that he probably didn't quite live up to the expectations of being a second round pick, an early second round pick to boot. He's kind of become uh, an NHL, AHL swingman. This is something we've talked about in the past one of those guys who you can kind of just move back and forth between the NHL and the AHL, and that's just kind of what he's been as a player in the NHL throughout his career thus far. Uh, He's somebody who you can plug into your NHL lineup if you have some injuries, if you have somebody who's not performing well. It's not like he's going to go out there and fall flat on his face or embarrass himself and cost you games. He's somebody who I think at this point probably it's fair to say has limited upside, but somebody who certainly knows what he's doing on an NHL rink. I do think he works hard. He's someone who does a nice job on the forecheck, willing to uh, get physical when the time calls for it. But again, I do think it's fair to say the expectations were probably quite quite A bit higher for D. Giuseppe back in 2012 when the Canes took him 38 overall. He's 27 years old at this point, and again, I don't think there's really a ton of upside here unless he just turns out to be a very late bloomer, although I'm not really sure how realistic that is at this point. He just hasn't ever really shown enough at the NHL level uh, to get you to think that he's eventually going to become a big time contributor for the Rangers or any other team with which he's played so far in his NHL career, but he made his NHL debut. Back in 2015-2016 with the Carolina Hurricanes, he spent four seasons there. He played in just three games with the Nashville Predators in 2018-2019, and then he came to the Rangers this past season, skated in 43 games with the Hartford Wolfpack, and then 20 regular season games with the Rangers, and all three playoff games as well. Now, in his 43 games with the Wolfpack, DiGiuseppe did score 14 goals and had 12 assists, so somebody who can produce a decent amount of points in the AHL, but in the 20 games with the Rangers, just one goal and three assists. Uh, he did actually end up making a cameo on the Rangers' top line. He was actually there for a couple of games. Chris Kreider was dealing with an injury, and rather than break up the second line by moving Artemi Panarin from the second line up to the top line, uh, the Rangers chose to keep that second line intact of Artemi Panarin, Ryan Stroman, Jesper Foss, and instead move Philip DiGiuseppe from the third line all the way up to the top line. He did okay there, but again, just not somebody who you can really consider to be a big scoring threat, and certainly not somebody you're going to go into you know, a new season looking at Philip DiGiuseppe is if he's going to be a top six forward. I just don't know what team would do that or why you would do that, but he's a nice depth piece. He kind of just is what he is at this point. The price is obviously right. They only pay six figures to bring him back, and he's one of those guys who could make the Rangers opening night roster. It's certainly possible if he has a nice training camp and impresses the coaching staff, or he could start in the AHL and he'd be one of the first few guys called up. I think if somebody either underperformed or got injured or anything like that, but again, somebody you can plug onto the ice and not have to worry too much about him. There's not really that much upside, but he's somebody who, you know, is going to at least pull his own weight. I think on, on most nights. And overall, I do think it's a pretty nice signing by the New York Rangers. I mean, not everybody that you either retain or bring in via free agency or bring in via trade is going to be an all star caliber player. You do have to have some role players. And there's at least a little bit of familiarity here. Like we said, he played in the 20 regular season games with the Rangers last year, also played in all three playoff games. So. Might as well bring him back than bring in a complete stranger. I think that's the best way that I can put it. Now, DiGiuseppe mostly plays left wing, and that's a position that's gotten very crowded for the Rangers. He will obviously be behind Kreider, Panarin, and Lafreniere in the pecking order. But DiGiuseppe, you know, he's got a shot to crack the opening night roster. I get the feeling that uh, he might start next season in the minors just because at left wing for the Rangers, you've got the three guys that I just mentioned. Plus, if Brandon Lemieux's back, uh, that's your fourth line left winger right there. Now, of course, DJ Giuseppe, he can play right wing in a pinch, so maybe you try that. Maybe if there's a situation where you've got Kreider, Panarin, Lafreniere, and Lemieux all at the left wing, then maybe DJ Giuseppe can slide over to the right wing, and maybe he opens next season as your fourth line right winger. It's certainly possible. Again, there's not a ton of upside to speak of with D Giuseppe, but he's somebody who I think at least, you know, can be a decent contributor and at least not cost you games out there. And and again, there's a little bit of familiarity. You know, they did put him on the first line for a spell last season. And so I think if the coaching staff is doing that, I mean, you could argue that it was out of necessity, but I think if they're putting you on the first line, there's at least a little bit of trust there that they, uh, they believe you're going to go out there and, and play decent hockey. So uh, overall, I like the move. It's not something that's going to make or break the Ranger franchise going forward. It's not going to lead directly to a Stanley Cup championship. It's also not going to uh, break the team and handcuff them as far as other moves that they want to make going forward. But Giuseppe was a restricted free agent, and the Rangers avoid arbitration with Philip DiGiuseppe uh, with this one-year $700,000 deal. And the one last thing that I want to call some attention to here regarding Giuseppe before we move on is I did see, you know, on social media, you go on there and you see some Ranger fans are certainly upset about the fact that Giuseppe was brought back, but Jesper Foss was not. And I hear you. I totally get it. I'm a little bit upset about Jesper Foss not being brought back as well. I thought he would get more than $2 million per year, and I thought maybe he could be out of the Rangers' price range as far as how much money they're comfortable giving him going forward. Alas, he only gets $2 million per year on a three-year deal with the Hurricanes, and It's unfortunate that the Rangers didn't feel like they could spend that much on Jesper Foss, a guy who's emerged as, you know, kind of the heart and soul of the team, a guy who's won the Players Player Award, I believe, five times, and somebody who's really developed as a veteran leader in that locker room. If he was back this year, he would be the second longest tenured Ranger on the team because Henrik Lundqvist has gone, Mark Stahl has gone, Chris Kreider, the only guy that's been there longer than Jesper Foss. So I get it. I get that people are upset that Jesper Foss isn't back, but I do think this is a little bit of a false equivalent comparing him to Philip DiGiuseppe because yeah, Jesper Foss is obviously the better player, but that also reflects in their price tags because you gotta remember the Hurricanes committed three years and six million dollars to Jesper Foss. The Rangers only committed one year and seven hundred thousand dollars to Philip D. Giuseppe, so it's not the same thing. It's obviously a far smaller commitment. Now, if you want to argue that the Rangers should have just brought back Jesper Foss anyway, regardless of what they did with Philip D. Giuseppe, then you'll get no argument from me because again, you know, I realize the Rangers, they have performance bonuses to worry about going into next season, and they've got other restricted free agents who they'd like to bring back. But I don't know, $2 million a year for Jesper Foss for three years, I think that would have been money well spent by the Rangers. But we'll see what happens. We'll see if this opens up any other possibilities as far as maybe the Rangers being able to hang on to one additional uh, restricted free agent who maybe they wouldn't have been able to hold on to otherwise. We will see what happens. But it's going to be a bad look for the Rangers if, you know, guys like Tony D'Angelo and Ryan Strom aren't brought back next season, and you also said goodbye to Jesper Foss. The hope right now, because Jesper Foss is gone at this point, there's nothing we can do about it. We can talk about it all we want, but he's not coming back. He's with the Hurricanes for the next three years, but it's going to look really bad for the Rangers if you then also allow guys like Ryan Strom and Tony D'Angelo to get away after you were willing to say goodbye to Jesper Foss when it only would have taken $2 million a year to re-sign him. So, you know, I get it. I get that people are upset about Foss, but let's not blame Philip DiGiuseppe for this. Philip DiGiuseppe is only making six figures next season. It's a two-way contract. And again, the Rangers just see him as a depth piece, uh, somebody who they are somewhat familiar with and somebody that they can plug into the lineup if need be on any given night. One other thing that I want to briefly mention here, and we'll get into it in greater detail in a future episode, but it's the fact that the other Ranger four restricted free agents all have their arbitration dates set. Tony D'Angelo is set for October 20th. That is this upcoming Tuesday. Alex Georgiev will be on October 31st, Halloween, and then Ryan Strome will be on November 5th. Brian Lemieux will be on November 6th. And there's a lot to get into there. Uh, who could be back with the Rangers? Who might be available via a trade? How much money they could end up making in arbitration? Uh, we'll get into all that in a future episode next week, but there's a ton to go through there. And uh, obviously, we'll stay on top of these arbitration proceedings as they play out. And we'll be talking certainly about Tony D'Angelo's arbitration case next week specifically. But like I said, there's a ton to get through there. So again, we will save most of that for next week. Just wanted to take a minute to let you guys know that today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by Bilt Bar. It is the best tasting protein and energy bar that I have ever had. It's kind of hard to explain. You just have to experience it for yourself. It's got real chocolate, amazing flavors, Once again, use promo code LOCKEDON and get $10 off your first box at www.biltbar.com. Gil Martin here, host of the Locked On NHL podcast. Join me every Monday for the three biggest stories from across the NHL, including how newly traded players are fitting in around the league. Check out the Locked On NHL podcast every Monday, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Some other Ranger-free agent news. We say goodbye to Greg McKeg who has signed a one-year contract with the Boston Bruins. It has an NHL cap hit of $700,000. It is a two-way deal. Uh, McKeg this past season, five goals and nine points in 53 games with the New York Rangers. But in 185 career NHL games, just 18 goals and 15 assists in that time, he's not really a goal scorer. He's somebody who's really just bounced around the NHL basically ever since he debuted. Uh, Once the Rangers brought in Kevin Rooney on a two year deal from the Devils in free agency this year, I think that really kind of spelled the end of the line for McKeg as far as his career with the New York Rangers was concerned. Uh, Rooney seems ticketed for that fourth-line center position, or at least he'll have a chance to compete for it in training camp. But Rooney and McKeg, they're fairly comparable players, and it just didn't feel like the Rangers would bring back McKeg once they brought Rooney into the fold. Now, McKeg, you know, I think he played hard for the Rangers. He was only here for the one season, uh, a decent fourth-line player, but again, this is kind of what he does. He just sort of hops around the league from team to team. In his career, he has gone from the Maple Leafs to the Panthers to the Lightning to the Penguins to the Hurricanes to the Rangers and now to the Bruins. He's done all this and he's still just 28 years old. Uh, the Bruins will be his sixth team in the last five seasons, so Truly the definition of a journeyman. And uh, listen, all the best to Greg McKeg. Again, I think he's someone who played hard for the Rangers. I think he's somebody who actually looked all right in that playoff series. You know, there weren't a lot of bright spots for the Rangers against the Hurricanes in the qualifying round this year. But I thought McKaig uh, maybe gave you a little bit more than you would have expected in that series. Looked actually somewhat dangerous with the puck a couple of different times. And overall just looked very engaged. And just for a little bit more context, McKaig was the 62nd overall pick in the 2010 NHL draft, the second overall pick of the third round. He was selected by the Toronto Maple Leafs, but only played a total of four games with them before kind of being on his way as a journeyman in the NHL. But listen, all the best to Greg McKaig. I know a lot of us probably aren't big Boston Bruins fans, but, you know, you do... uh, wish well for somebody who I think did play hard for the New York Rangers I mean there's not really any upside for somebody like Greg McKegg but he is what he is he's a fourth liner he's a a steady pair of hands and uh he'll look to continue his career with the Boston Bruins and then next season I'm sure he'll be on his way to another team because that's just kind of what he does he doesn't stay in one place for all that long and uh yeah one year with the Rangers now signs a one-year deal with the Boston Bruins. Vinny Letary is another now-former New York Ranger. He heads to the Anaheim Ducks. He is still just 25 years old, and he signs a one-year, $750,000 two-way contract with the Anaheim Ducks. And it's weird with Letary because, you know, he goes undrafted, and then he makes his AHL debut in 2016-2017 with the Wolfpack, and then the season after that, he splits time between the Wolfpack and the Rangers, 55 games with the Wolfpack in 2017-2018, 23 goals and 13 assists. And then in 19 games with the Rangers that same season, just one goal and four assists. Then the next year, 2018 2019, he again splits time between the two teams. 48 games with the Wolfpack, scores 23 goals, and dishes out 25 assists, so exactly a point per game in the AHL, and then for whatever reason, it just did not translate when he was up with the Rangers, because again, the 48 games with the Wolfpack, he's a point-per-game player, but then he skates in 27 games with the Rangers that same season and has just one goal and two assists, so for whatever reason, look, I realize it's a huge jump. The AHL is just one step away from the NHL, but it's a big step, so for whatever reason, uh, the scoring just did not follow LaTerry from the AHL to the NHL. And then this past season was even weirder because he didn't play at all with the Rangers. 61 games with the Hartford Wolfpack, 25 goals and 22 assists, so another productive season in the AHL, but he never got the call to come up to the Rangers. Now, he was on the Rangers... Phase 4 roster for the playoffs, but at that point, it really didn't seem all that realistic that we were going to see Vinny Letary dress for the playoffs, not after he had been on the Wolfpack the entire season and never got a single call up to the Rangers. So I'm not sure what happened here. Uh, maybe it's a situation where the Rangers felt like Latari had played enough NHL games, 46 to be exact and just did not show enough to warrant another call-up to the Rangers, and he just kind of fell down the pecking order as a result of that. But, you know, you look at some of the other Rangers that saw time this season, and you compare them to some of those guys, you know, you look at somebody— Michael Haley got 22 games with the Rangers this past season. Philip Giuseppe got 20. Stephen Fogarty got 7. Buñeves got 4. Tim Gettinger got 2. And Vinny LaTerry, again, a guy who was a point-per-game player in the AHL as recently as last season, got none? I mean, that's just really hard to figure out. And so, you know, when we were talking about some of the impending Ranger free agents, we did an episode on some of the minor league free agents, and we talked about Vinny LaTerry, and I said, it's pretty much a foregone conclusion that he's going to be gone, because why would you stick around if you're Vinny LaTerry? You know, you've produced fairly well in the AHL. You've gotten some looks by the Rangers. It hasn't always necessarily gone your way, but I would probably be banging my head against a wall if I was Vinny LaTerry this past season, because the Rangers, you know, there's an 82-game regular season. Guys are going to be called up and sent down and called up and sent down. It's going to happen. You know, no team is going to go through the entire season with the same exact players from opening night all the way through, you know, the playoffs. But with LaTerry, he just never got the call. And guys that are clearly not as good of players as him did get the call. So, It's hard to figure out, and I realize scoring isn't everything, so it could be a situation where maybe the Rangers were just looking to add a different type of player in the instances where they called up Steven Fogarty, in the instances where they called up Aves and Tim Gettinger, but for Vinny Letary to go the entire season, and I know it was shortened by COVID, but there was no indication that he was going to get called up anyway, even if they played the full 82 games, so... Yeah, if I'm Vinny LaTerry, I'm out of there. I'm looking for a fresh start, and he's going to get one with the Anaheim Ducks. Again, a one-year, $700,000 contract. And we'll see what happens. I mean, he's no lock to make their opening night roster either because, again, he, when he's been up with the NHL, uh, he hasn't really produced at that high of a clip, at least as far as scoring is concerned. But like we said, fresh start with the Ducks. We'll see if he can make their opening night roster. And all the best to Vinny LaTerry. And then to wrap up for the day, as promised, going to talk about the final two Ranger draft picks of the 2020 NHL Draft. In the sixth round, going number 165 overall to the Rangers is Matthew Remp, a center who spent last season with the Seattle Thunderbirds of the WHL. He is six foot eight, 235 pounds. That is has my attention in and of itself because at this point, you know, it's getting late in the draft. You might as well have some fun with it. And with it being this late, everything else being equal, give me somebody who's just got crazy size and uh, can maybe throw his weight around if he makes it to the NHL. But as I just said, uh, he spent last season with Seattle of the WHL, played 47 games, 12 goals, 19 assists. He was also named the most improved player on the Seattle Thunderbirds this past season. We got a scouting report from Elite Prospects here. He works hard, and I think that the habits in his game for all three zones are decidedly positive. He had some great back checks to eliminate rush opportunities. and this comes to us from Matt Odette. He was REMP's head coach at Seattle of the WHL. Matt burst onto the scene this year and was an integral part of our team. The work he put in and improvement that followed was eye-popping. To see it culminate into being drafted by the Rangers is fantastic. This is a little bit of a dart throw by the Rangers. By all accounts, he's something of a pet project for the team. But at this point, you're into the sixth round of the draft. Everything is a dart throw. You see something that you like about somebody, you draft them, you take your chances, you never know what can happen. You never know when you could find the next Jesper Fast, who himself was a sixth round draft pick. Unfortunately, I just reminded everybody that Jesper Faust is no longer a New York Ranger, which is quite sad. But you get the idea. Uh, you never know when somebody can kind of outperform their draft status. And given the size and strength possessed by Remp, I do like the pick here. Again, at this point, you're just... Basically, playing lottery. Every every pick you make is a lottery ticket, but hopefully, it's one that pays out for the Rangers in the long run. And then the Rangers' final pick of the 2020 NHL Draft comes in the seventh round, going number 197 overall, is Hugo Olas, who played with Linkoping J20 Super Elite this past season. He is a goalie, six foot eight, 238 pounds, and you know, again, as we just mentioned, it's basically just a bunch of dart throws at this point, but. The Rangers made a dart throw exactly 20 years ago when they selected Henrik Lundqvist in the seventh round of the NHL draft. Now, that does not mean that Hugo Olas is going to go on to have a Henrik Lundqvist-type career or anything close to it, but you get the idea that it might not be such a bad thing to take a goalie so late because as we've seen in the drafts over the years, goalies can be a little bit of a crapshoot. You never really know how it's going to pan out. And at this point, you know, might as well roll the dice, get another goalie into your organization. You never know what can happen. Last year with Len Coping, J20, he played in 20 games, had a 243 goals against average and an 895 save percentage. This year in eight games, a little bit better at 223 goals against average and a 905 save percentage. And we've got a scouting report here from Elite Prospects. They say, Ola's style and net is like a typical modern, well-schooled goaltender. He goes down on his knees extremely early and uses his substantial six-foot-eight frame to stop pucks and to cut off shooting lanes. He never made any unnecessary movements and has a close-to-robotic way to handle himself. And then one more scouting report for you guys. This one comes to us from Stephen Ellis of the Hockey News Hugo Olas, standing at six foot eight, is quite big in the net, as you'd expect. Covers so much of the net and conserves energy well by not having to overcommit on shooting attempts. So that's it, guys. That is the 2020 draft class for the New York Rangers. If you missed any of the prior episodes, you could definitely go back and listen to them. Uh, one of them is entitled Alexi Lafreniere is now a New York Ranger. Another one is actually the title. I don't remember exactly how I worded it, but in the title, I actually made the episode about uh, the trade of Leas Anderson from the Rangers to the Kings. But we talk about the second through fourth rounds in there. And uh, yeah, if you guys go back, you'll definitely see them there. And yeah, definitely looking forward to it. I think it was a solid draft for the New York Rangers. We'll see how many of these guys end up playing for the Blue Shirts, how quickly some of them can play for the Blue Shirts, and who will ultimately just kind of become a footnote in a uh, ranger history as a late round pick who never made it to the rangers that sounds kind of sad but you know hockey history is is littered with these guys who are drafted late in rounds and they just don't make it quite all the way to the nhl so yeah, we'll see how it all goes. That will do it for today, though. If you'd like to get in touch with this podcast, please send an email to LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Once again, that is LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. And definitely give us a follow on Twitter, at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Once again, that is at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. And definitely tune into tomorrow's episode as well. We're going to have part two of our conversation with Mr. Trey Matthews of Locked On New Jersey Devils. And then Friday, the tentative plan is to do a crossover with... Hunter Hodes of Locked On Penguins. He's going to give us some insight into Jack Johnson. And hopefully for the sake of all of our sanity, paint maybe a little bit of a better picture for Jack Johnson. We'll see what Hunter has to say there. But, yep, that's going to do it for today. Thanks again. I'll see you next time. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.